Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is podcast number two. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. This session of orchestrating success is about forecasting the future and then making it happen. Orchestrating success, converting your passion to profit. Don't misunderstand this as about being all about profit, all about money, all about the greenback. It's an important commodity that helps us. Well, it's sort of like the gas. You build a car, which is like building your business. You learn to drive it sometimes. Now you need to put gas in the car. It's the fuel that runs your organization, the enterprise that you've been charged with leading. Effective leaders live in the future. We forecast what's going to happen. I remember somebody talking about a famous hockey player one time, and they noted that he skated where the puck was going to go. He was there ahead of time. Think about visionary leaders. They are paying attention, looking at the future. That's part of it. Let's envision the future in this podcast. Looking ahead. Envision the future. When Napoleon Hill interviewed Andrew Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie introduced him to the most successful business leaders of his time. Ford, Woolworth, Wanamaker, Edison, five presidents, amazing people with amazing success. And what Napoleon Hill found out is that every one of them saw the future and could see it in present tense. Definiteness of purpose is what he called that. We as leaders are charged with a vision. The vision is what takes us to where we want to go. Does it? No. The vision is the target. We take us where we want to go. There's a whole lot that needs to happen between the visioning and the arrival point. I'm watching the Olympics and uh, the running is this week, the the track and field, and I really love it. I used to run in high school and, and still run. We call it running. It's equipping our bodies to do what our brains think we want to do. I have run uh, several half marathons, lots and lots of shorter races, and I just don't get up one day and decide to run a road race. However, I meet lots of people visionary leaders want to start a charity, want to start a church, want to start a business, got an idea, I'm going to make it happen. Wait a minute, did you train for this marathon? Did you learn to fly the plane before you take off? Flying the plane might be too hard, might not be too hard. It's the landing part that's tricky. Starting a business, oh, a lot of people do that. 
Mark Twain used to say, oh, giving up smoking is the easiest thing I've ever done. As a matter of fact, I've done it hundreds of times. Well, sometimes serial entrepreneurs keep starting businesses because they don't succeed. We read about the ones who start successful businesses, sell them, and then go on. We don't read as much about the ones that start and don't make it. Therefore, let's equip ourselves for success before we start. Number one, let's envision the future. Then let's create a pathway to get there. Envisioning the future, that's an art in itself. Let's talk about leadership. There are many styles of leadership. Autocratic, charismatic leaders, we read about those. Those people are up there saying, do this, do this. They're called the boss. They give all the orders. They manage. They create anxiety, which we call energy. They create all the stress for themselves. They're always in charge, and they're always giving orders. Well, if that's the way you want to live, that's okay. However, you might want to take a day off. You might want to go somewhere. We're going to talk in the upcoming sessions about building a system that's going to be the underlying foundation for your enterprise that's going to make money in several ways make money while you're sleeping make money with your team make money with your projects with your events with your products and your personal activities before we get there we've got to look at the future now we've got a talent we've got a vision we've got programs we're really good at something we have really good products that is the core of what we're doing the vision and delivery of content around that vision. The uh, Hubaloo 1090 rule is 1090. 10% is what you know you have. 90% is what you don't know that you don't know. The 90% that's under the water of the iceberg is what holds that 10% above the water. The 90% is the structure of our business, our team, our skill, our plan, our implementation process, our budget. All of those things empower that 10% to be successful. Otherwise, we're running down a runway without any idea of how we're going to take off in this plane and much less of an idea of how to land it. Charismatic leaders are those that have a vision, but it's mostly all about them. They're the heart of everything. They're the bottleneck. The antithesis of that is transformational leadership. It's on the same side of the curve as transformational leadership. On one end of the spectrum, you've got the autocratic, charismatic leader about them, do this, do this. I call the shots. I approve everything. 180 degrees the other way is the transformational leader. The transformational leader clearly identifies the future. Here's the vision. Here's the goals. This is our mission. This is how we're going to accomplish it. The transformational leader is very skilled at creating a high-functioning culture. I call this series Orchestrating Success because of my 40 years as a musical conductor. I pulled people together that typically had no reason to be together. I, did, um, I worked in the church, did music ministry for 40 years. I had the pleasure of working in some very, very large organizations and able to hire players from significant symphony orchestras around the, around the country, around the world. And I would pull groups of people together and we would be aligned 
with our commonalities. That is, the passion for music, the passion for creating excellence. And we knew what to do because we had that thing in front of us called music, a sheet music, which is a piece of paper. What I did as a leader was impact the culture, influence the people to perform at the highest level possible to connect their passion with the end results. We create this magnificent stuff called music just out of nothing. It's a bunch of dots. We get together and we make it happen. Transform that into the workplace. All right, we have a vision as a leader. We've defined the future. How are we going to get there? Number one, let's create a plan. Let's define the gaps. And the first gap, we're going to have a couple of sessions in this series about the mechanics of all of these rubrics of putting together the plan. I'm in favor of a strategic plan. A strategic plan is like the piece of music. It tells you what to do when. It's an operational plan. It's how you will implement and when and who and how fast. All of that stuff is in your strategy. Uh, a business plan is usable for uh, some functions in my world, like giving it to your banker, presenting to an investor. Um, it's a summary document that's about the business. By the way, I don't make any distinctions on running various kinds of small enterprises. We, as social entrepreneurs, are making a difference, whether we're running a charity. Um, we use the not word nonprofit as a philosophy when really it's a tax classification. If we make money, then we can pay salaries. We can accomplish things. We're tax exempt, so the entity is, doesn't pay income tax. However, when we pay salaries, we pay income tax on that. Everybody wins. We pay taxes as a responsible citizen. We get things done as a responsible enterprise. And we have installed business principles into this charity. Nonprofit isn't a philosophy. It's a tax classification. There are lots of rules governing how we do things. And it's very important that we we mind the shop. We take care of how we run business, whether we're running a S-Corp, a C-Corp, an LLC, or a charity. We have disciplines that are very important. And as a musician, if we don't have commitment, if we don't have discipline, we don't have excellence, and we're not good. And there's no point in us making music because people don't want to hear it. In business, we must have discipline, we must have commitment, we must have focus. So installing a leadership culture of high performing is what transformational leadership is about. It's about the vision, it's about us as leaders not doing everything. We let go of things that we shouldn't be doing. We, however, learn delegation as one of those high-level skills that a leader needs to have. So we duplicate and multitask through the work of others who have the passion, who have the commitment, and who have the discipline because we have modeled that, which is the first and foremost principle of transformational leadership is modeling what you want to see. A famous conductor of conductors once, as he was teaching other conductors, said what they see, meaning the choir or the orchestra, what they see is what you get. In managing teams, what they see, what the experience is what you're going to get.
it's sort of like um, our children learn from us and they they model things that we do, not exactly what we say we ought to do. And some of those are good. And some of those are things we wish we had not shared with them. But they were alert and they picked up on it anyway. Therefore, we want to shape the future, not only of our enterprise, but the future of how we're going to get there by building a strong, high-functioning, passionate, excellent team. And we do that by starting with ourselves. So this podcast is about managing self. If we want anything to happen, first and foremost, we need to work on ourselves, the transformational leader. We've got a vision, so what? Everybody's got an idea. Out of every hundred people that I hear a fantastic vision from, there's only three that will actually do something about it. Why is that? Well, as Jim Rohn used to tell tell us in he, his, his training, that's the law of averages. Three people will do something. Now, the statistics show that 90% of those that do something fail because they didn't start out by equipping themselves for this marathon. If you're going to run a marathon and you don't want to die on the path, you don't want to give out of steam, you don't want to end up in the ditch, it's important to train for the marathon. Train regularly, train with a pattern, and train with a coach. You have a plan. You have a coach. You have an accountability partner. It's the discipline of regular training that builds up your body's ability to make the end of the marathon. Running an enterprise is not a sprint, not a series of sprints. It's a marathon. We do one plan and we migrate that plan over time, upgrade it, fine tune it, and it becomes the plan of action for everybody. We're not starting and stopping with a new plan every three to five years. We're growing the plan of excellence that we have envisioned and we change it, revise it, edit it, update it according to the culture, according to the upgrade of the vision, according to the progress we've made, and according to the new products and services and the accelerated revenue that we have to broaden the base of that plan. So as we're beginning this journey, it's really critical to write down the vision, to claim the vision. And in my world, that's the concept that you tell people. Well, what is this about, they ask you. And you can tell them in one concise statement. It's a powerful statement that talks about what the concept is. Define the future in present tense. And then a good response to that would be, well, how do you do that? Well, that would be the mission. The mission is we accomplish it this way, this way, and this way. Our vision and mission are at the heart of success. At the heart of success is our ability to lead. So as we wrap up this particular podcast, I'd like to encourage you to work on yourself first. I had to stop there because I wanted to say, think about how to say that. Managing self is a constant upgrade. And I, I say this with all humility because I am still working on myself, upgrading myself, and working on those things that I want to increase my ability, increase my effectiveness, and increase 
the whole footprint of what I offer to humankind. And that's a lifelong journey. When I listen to uh, the famous leadership presenter, Bob Proctor speak, last time he said, I'm 81, 82, and he said, um, people say, when are you going to slow down? And I respond to them, I'm going to speed up because I'm 80, and I've got more to do. It's more impactful. And I thought, isn't that great? He also goes on to say, that retirement is not part of his vocabulary or his DNA. That's a great inspiration. If we're doing something, it's important to continue building excellence. So let's look at what our skills are. Um, later in this series, there's a, an interview with Cal Turner Jr. Cal went to his membership team, his management team in Dollar General. His uh, highly skilled managers were very talented. And Cal went to them and said, my dad founded this company, and I am now president and CEO because I'm his son, and I have a vision for where we're going. I don't necessarily have the skills. I got this job because of my genes, not my skills. Here's where we're going. Cal reported that every one of those people stepped up and said, okay, I'm contributing, and we're going to get where, where that vision is, is, is going to take us. And they did. They went public. And it was very successful. Dollar General continues to be a very profitable, successful business even to this day. And Cal said to me, Hugh, leadership is about defining your gaps and then being very transparent about them. This is very consistent with the model of transformational leadership that I have been teaching for years. I have morphed it into the conductor teaches leadership because the conductor models the transformational leader in taking individuals and transforming them into a choir or an orchestra and then transforming that entity in what we call an ensemble. Ensemble is that higher level of synergy that musicians learn to perform because they listen, because the conductor inspires them to do so because the conductor, the leader, creates the space for people to achieve excellence as a community, as a culture. And as we think about leading our teams in the enterprise that we lead, equipping ourselves is the first rule of order. Often when I'm talking to people about building their business, they say, well, I'm going to do all this stuff and then get my team and then I'll come back and work on leadership. And I am sad to report to you that doesn't work. That's backwards. First, work on yourself. Then work on your plan. Then work on your team. That's the sequence. Otherwise, you're not going to have the wisdom to know who to put on the team. Like Jim Collins says, the right seat on the right bus. Who's going to do what and how and how will you manage this? So we start a train wreck right from the beginning. Leaders cause problems, and that's one way we cause problems, because it's us. We don't really know what we're doing, and we, we send off messages that are confusing, conflicting, and damaging to the culture that we, we hope to lead. We've got it in our mind, and I love it when people say, oh, I've got my goals in my mind. I don't need to write them down. Well, if you're going to work all by yourself, that might be good. It's never beneficial. It's a lack of commitment, lack of clarity, because it's so easy to keep changing them 
adjusting and there's no accountability if we don't write them down and then share them. The first rule of order for leadership is defining your gaps. This is what I do really well. I would suggest you start with a blank piece of paper and list your skills. These are the things that you're good at. And then give it a number from 1 to 10. How good are you? How many 10s do you have? How many 9s? Those mean that you're very good at those things. Then look at the things that you're very good at. Look at the ones that have low numbers. And then start making a list of your gaps. Here's things I don't do well. Here's things, you're starting to build a list of things you can delegate, which is a whole nother podcast on how do I build a skill to learn to delegate. Build the skills, work on those that you're good at. If it's below, as John Maxwell writes, if it's below, I think, a six, don't worry about increasing it because it will never get to a 10. If it's a five or below, that's where you want to delegate it. You're going to work on those that are six or above Those are ones that you're good at. And among those things that you're good at, there's still things that you should not be doing. We as leaders do too much. The primary lesson of this podcast is identify your gaps. Notice I didn't say strengths, weaknesses. I don't think just because we don't do a thing well that it's a weakness. It's a gap. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. Free yourself of this critical language. Here's my skill. Here's my gap. Here's opportunities for me to surround myself with skilled people that can help me, work with me, partner with me, collaborate with me to achieve the vision. There's two things that we're responsible for as leaders in any enterprise. Number one, make sure that the vision we articulate is faithfully executed throughout the organization. That is a full-time job as you grow this. It is very important to make sure that vision is faithfully articulated, and that's part of your strategy. And then if we don't mind the store, who is? It's our vision. The second responsibility of the leader is to watch the money. Where does it go? Do we have positive cash flow? Are we making a profit? In a nonprofit, we must make profit in order to do the work that we've said we're going to do. It's not profit in a business sense where we take it home and we distribute it to stockholders. It is profit that is fuel for the programs and services that we offer people because we're a charity. We must have positive cash flow. We must have money left over. It is really good stewardship of resources. No matter what we're doing, work on our gaps tend to ourselves, manage ourselves, because we, as a leader, are a person of influence. For the weary and frantic, the weary and frantic, I say it so calmly, when we're in business, when we're running a charity, we do get stress. For the weary and frantic, take a note, take a breath, Inventory your skills and gaps. Develop a plan on working on your skills and delegating those gaps. This is Hugh Ballou. Orchestrating success begins with empowering yourself to do those things that you don't yet know you're going to need to do for your ultimate success. 
Thank you for being here today. I hope this is helpful. I'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.